Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now at six minutes past seven, uh, Red Bull's drivers already have a firm grip on the F1 title. We know this. But things over in the IndyCar in the States are a lot tighter. Scotty McLaughlin and Roman Grosjean went head-to-head in Alabama yesterday, exchanging the lead until our man, Scotty McLaughlin, pulled ahead with 19 laps to go and never looked back. Rojan goes way wide, way wide. Oh, and almost comes back in. That turn five spot is a real handful for Grosjean. There's going to be a new race leader. His name is Scott McLaughlin. Scott McLaughlin wins at Baba Motorsports Park and makes it four different winners. <laughs> yeah, boy! Our man, Scotty McLaughlin, and our other man, Ed Spencer, is a feature writer for Total Motorsport and joins us this morning to recap another thrilling weekend of IndyCar action at, uh, well, a track that Scott McLaughlin really just made his own. Ed, how you doing, my man? Good morning, chaps. How are we? Yeah, we're going well. We're going well because our uh, compatriot put it together and it, it seems like they really nailed their game plan. Three pit stops and, well, it didn't look back at the end. No, it didn't. It was a good strategy by Penske to to keep get Scott in quick and make sure that he had fresh tyres and enough fuel to really attack Roman for the last stage of the race. And although Roman looks to have got it under control with that feisty move into the final corner, Scott really got his elbows out and... When Roman made the mistake, it was just the perfect opportunity that fell into his lap. And it's really what Scott needs after the disappointment of St. Petersburg. And it puts him in a good stead for the month of May, which is arguably IndyCar's showpiece event. Hey, morning, Ed. Thanks for joining us this morning uh, on the show. Scott McLaughlin and Scotty Dixon, mate, the Kiwis are going pretty well up there. Yeah, Kiwis are going well. I don't know how it happens, but every time they jump into an IndyCar, they're fast. And Scott's always been quick since he jumped in in 2020 2021 dixon is of course the legend of the series and again they're looking good bets for the indy 500 it's just a case of how is the rest of the season going to go bear in mind we have a new circuit coming up after indianapolis which is detroit which uses the old formula one layer they used to use back in the 80s so it's it's very interesting to see them coming to play scott dixon will probably be there thereabouts it would be wrong to rule that now and McLaughlin is on a bit of a run of form after what I've said earlier which was that disappointing St. Petersburg race. He puts a lot of pressure on himself Scott McLaughlin doesn't he I think because he knows how good and how fast he is he really has built himself up and I, I know 
mean, I would consider what he's done already in India a success, but I, I think they probably think that he's he's a, a genuine title threat and he's not really going to be satisfied until he wins one. So is is that hard when you do that? I know the car's fast and going really well, but this is so competitive that the driving ranks seem so deep in IndyCar at the moment. It is a very competitive series. You know, you could pick 15, 20 drivers who could win a race. That's how good the series is and how it's seemingly got more competitive over time. I think Scott is hardening himself, but every driver's hardening himself. Every driver strives for perfection, and Scott is no different, particularly considering the fact that, you know, he was so used to success in Australia in the V8 supercars. He wanted to go over to IndyCar and really stamp his name down, and he's done it. He's done very well for himself, you know, particularly considering, you know, it's such a different kettle of fish you know v8 supercar is big and heavy and indycar is quite light you have to really fight with it a little bit more on the wet on the wet tracks and i think he's done very well for himself i don't think he can look back at his time and think okay that was a mistake okay that was a bit further when you know he's been competitive ever since 2022 and he will only get better as time goes on there's a reason why penske wants him in that car wanted him full time and replaced him replaced helio castroneves who was a stalwart of that team it um, stopping, yeah, you know, pit stops. You know, they only stopped and pitted three times. Do you think his team nailed that strategy in around that? Yeah, got it perfect. Um, you know, Grosjean was under pressure from the same time the pace car went in. Penske got him in just the right time. They did. They got a free stop out of it, and it just went perfectly. So, hats off to Penske in getting the strategy perfect when it looked like the race was slipping away from them in the middle stages. But then, of course, the pace car, as it always does in motorsport, it closed the gap right up. And that's, you know, as well as Scotty's great driving, that was probably a key to victory. They, he, I was reading that he's very happy with where they've got their Penske car at. Uh, what are we, just under a month away from the Indy 500? It sounds like he's got it going very fast in the testing that they've done. But it's a, a it's a completely different ball game, the Indy 500, isn't it? I mean, you need a fast car, but you need a hell of a lot of luck. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It's you know, it's, too, it's a long race. You're practicing for a month as well. That's the other thing. You know, you're constantly finding, you know, things wrong with the car, and you're also trying to get to that limit. And if you don't have a car, a good car at Indy, you're you're practically nowhere. You might as well, you know, chase for the top ten points. And also, there's you know, there's the prestige of the Indy Five Hundred. You know, everyone. Who doesn't? Everyone who works in motorsport and knows motorsport, even people who don't watch racing, they know the Indy 500. This is a race which you can really stamp your name down into mortality. And Scott, like every one of those drivers, will desperately want to win this race. And you've got to say he has a very good chance, but you could argue that, as I say, 15 or 20 of them are in with a good chance of taking that ball or the trophy home. Just um, having a look at our our other Kiwi there, Ed, um, who's going pretty pretty good uh, with his racing, is uh, Marcus Armstrong, and he's going to get a crack at the five hundred. Um, did he do some serious work to get there? And uh, do you think he's got a chance at Alabama? I think he'll have a chance you know, going to the five hundred. I think you know with a rookie, it's always very daunting the five hundred because it is so such a fast circuit you're constantly on the edge for for 200 odd laps it's loads of drafting loads of overtaking you've got to keep your head down when cars are flying by because it's such a long race 
Marcus has done very well since coming to IndyCar. He did had a good race in Barber, got a trophy for biggest move of the race, which he looked rather bewildered about because he was wondering why he was getting it. Um, but um, no, he's, he's, he's done well to life. Well, he started well to life in IndyCar, and I think he will do fine. I, he's already got that, you know, that feeling of, okay, what can I do next? And, you know, if it, if it doesn't happen for him on the ovals, well, when, when that will come, well, it's all about learning. You know, the IndyCar schedule is long enough for you to have time to really gain experience and gain confidence, particularly on ovals. Yeah, that's right. He, he seems like he's um, acclimated pretty well, though. And yeah, he did look surprised. You're right. He kind of looked like a stunned mullet a wee bit. Uh, meanwhile, over in the F1, um, Baku was a absolute clinic by the Red Bulls, but in particular, Checo. I, I'm curious, do you think that Christian Horner and Red Bull think that Checo could actually contend for a title or do they just give him his plaudits when he wins on these street circuits and really it's all about Max? I think they should seriously start thinking that Checo is going to win the cha- could win the championship. You know, at the moment it's two all between him and Max. The gap is down to six in the championship. Max didn't look particularly comfortable at Baku. Checo looked pretty much on song once he got by Charles in the sprint and in the Grand Prix he had that little bit of luck with the safety car coming out at the right time for him and it didn't come out the right time for Max. So regardless of what Horner thinks, he needs to start realising I've got potential title battle on my hands. You know, I've got two very good drivers. You know, the car is arguably the cream of the crop. Mercedes, Ferrari and Aston Martin aren't gonna fight for the championship because they're you know, they're in the fight for third. And he needs to seriously think, okay, how am I going to get these guys to race without crashing into each other? We all know how him, sorry, how Weber and Vettel got very nasty at times during their five years stint. He needs to make sure that Max and Checo doesn't end up ending still like that. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It, It will be an interesting battle. I do think we will have a title battle whether, you know, some people like it or not. Yeah, well, when, by some people you mean Christian. I th- I think you're right. I think he's trying to talk it into existence that Chico is not a threat, but because he he doesn't want to have to deal with Max, and we've seen Max his attitude when things don't go his way. I mean, look at him with George Russell this weekend. He is he kid, you know. I I won't say it, but you could say that he's petulant from time to time, and <laughs> and I don't know how well he'd take it if this keeps going. Uh, he I did read that he was saying that when he gets into those some of those big race tracks and he can go faster into corners, he thinks that the season will balance out, and obviously there are more of those. So we're not saying that Max is in any trouble via Checo, right? We're just saying that there might be more of a tussle than Christian thinks he has. That's what I think as well. I think it will be close, but it won't be massively tight. There will be a sort of championship fight. And I think Max struggles a little bit on street circuits. You know, Singapore last year, he had a bit of a mess, had a bit of a mare weekend. Jeddah, he was hampered by the fact that he was starting from 15th. Baku, he didn't look particularly comfortable. And he did get a little bit hot under the collar. But I will say... In his defence, all racing drivers do get a bit hot-headed yeah. on the race, and particularly when you've had contact on lap one. I think the way Max is approaching the races is he's more... He's not 
trying desperately to get, um, you know, Hall appointed and taking that unnecessary risk. He mentioned it with the sprint. And I think Max is calculating, okay, what do I need to get? Do I need to be ahead of Checo all the time? Okay, if it means crashing the car, I'll probably just stay back, just take what I can get. It's a long season, bearing in mind we have 22 races, 23. Uh, it, it's it's interesting really to try and figure out what goes through his head and what goes through Christian's head. But I think yeah. there is a there is a risk. There is a risk. There will be a quite dramatic cycle ride. No, well explained. Fair enough, Ed. Uh, lastly, we'll, we'll let you crack on with your evening. But is um, is Fernando Alonso dating Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you will need to bring on uh, an editor of GQ. Uh, for that, um, <laughs> it has been a bit of a, a long-running joke uh, in the F1 paddock. But, he's but is it a joke? Is it? I don't know. I think you know he'll. <laughs> he's probably shaken off the rumours, and he's probably also, <laughs> you know, he's finding several blank spaces in what may be true, what <laughs> may not be true. Uh, um, but I think we'll, we'll see. We we may see some maybe at Miami or Monaco, but. I don't think it's. I think it's just a little bit of a joke that everyone's running with. I'd love nothing more to see T Swift turn up at Miami just to flame, just to fan the flames. It's just that was my favorite <laughs> favorite story over the weekend that just kind of came out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, very good. Ed, appreciate your time as always. We'll talk again about Indian F one. You do outstanding work, and we really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you very much, gents. Have a good rest of your day, and good good morning to everyone in New Zealand.